To everyone's surprise, there are more new Xbox rumors. Uh, there are also Wii U rumors, but not what you might expect. And EA was named Worst Company in America for 2012. All that, plus more, on today's MASHcast. Another edition of the Mash Those Buttons Mashcast. I'm Jarrett, and I'm here with senior editor Rob Hill Williams. Hello, everybody. Two yeah. days from PAX. Yes, and I am also here with uh, podcast host Nick Zelenkevich. Hello, everybody, and uh, hello, mom, if you're listening. Oh, Nick's mom listens. That's that's nice. Well, no, no. I, well, she she hasn't yet. I actually uh, I spoke to her earlier, and I said, "You do know I'm on a podcast. I keep posting it all over Facebook because apparently nobody that I actually am friends with pays attention to my wall to know that I'm putting a podcast on Facebook." So, uh, yeah, my mom said she might listen this week. So, oh, okay, at, well, at least one more download. <laughs> yeah, there, there I, it is. I'd say we'd keep it clean. That'd, that'd be lying. Or at least warn your mom. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll 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 tell her uh, I'll tell her at the very least she can listen for the first what forty seconds. Yeah, and then we'll be good to go. Yeah, I, I can't um, make no guarantees going forward. <laughs> Although Nick, for for Nick's mom, Nick is very mild mannered and well spoken, and and usually does not curse a lot like the rest of us. So he <laughs> is a calming influence on the match cast. You should just know that before we get into this. I. I I uh I, I save it for the porn cast. Yeah. Oh, for and the, now my mom can't listen. Yeah, that's the cutoff. That's the cutoff. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> uh, the, this is Mashcast number forty-seven, and uh, yeah, two days before PAX, and let's let's just kind of get into it because you know I gotta get ready to go to PAX. <laughs> so, uh, Rob, what you been playing? Um, I today actually I tried out the Marvel uh, Avengers Alliance, uh, the Facebook game, and I don't hate it. It's not set up terribly. It's not, you know, like the Zingas of the world, you know, constantly hounding you for your money and stuff. Um, there definitely is that like carrot dangling on a stick. Like, I mean, you could have the Hulk right now if you just get some points. They don't ever like do that, but you see him there, and you're like, man, it's gonna take me a while to get to that. So wait, so so like I guess the top tier heroes are what you pay for. Who do you get for free then? Oh no, you don't pay for anybody. You can get all of the characters for free. It's just how much time and effort it's going to take you to do that. It, it's the it's the you know the social game thing. You can leap the hurdle for money so that you don't have to put in the time to do it. So you can get your awesome thing now instead of working for it. Which you know that's that's how it works. So that's basically what happens. It's like, you've got, you know, you've got good characters that are, you know, cost less, you know, less points or whatever, like that you, you get. Um, but you know, then you get like Hulk, Thor, Captain America. And it's like, those are like the top tier guys. It's like, man, 
Like if you were desperate enough. <laughs> so what? So what's like the I guess the the hours to dollar ratio for trying to unlock like the Avengers? I don't know. I mean, I I haven't really played it long enough to know. I think mostly it's that it's it really works out for you if you just have friends that are playing the game because like if you you can have like three allies. And you can like jump in each other's cities to help them with missions, and it gives them like you can call them into a, ba- a battle for you. Like it's like an asynchronous thing, but you can like call them into a battle for you to like lay down like a you know a big attack on an enemy, um, and you get you know credits and points and stuff to use for all the different things you can do. Um, it's it, it, like I, I could not imagine how you would do anything if you were playing it by yourself, but you know. I've I've got a few friends that are already playing it, so it works. Okay. Well, that's that all you've been playing? Um, no. It is finished. I have beaten Mass Effect three. See no more. <laughs> I I don't know what all the fuss is about. <laughs> I don't know. It was not the best ending in the universe. I will say that, but all of the howling and the the whining and complaining I've heard, I I, I don't get it. I I really do now at this point think people wanted to like eighty style montage of like where are they now like, you know after the game or whatever. Like I I, I don't know. So, do you have any sense if you got the the good ending or the the mediocre ending or? I think that might be part of the problem. There, it, there's no such thing. Like, it's just variances depending on... You get choices, yes. But even among those choices, I wouldn't say any of them is a good or a bad ending. Like, I went and did all of them. No, but were you able to tell, like, as far as your... Because you you mentioned you played the multiplayer last week. Were were you able to tell at least if you had done enough of that and also gotten enough of the, I guess, the armies throughout the universe aligned that you got the, I guess, the superior... Yeah, I got that version, okay. like the the superior version of whatever ending you pick, where you know things go a little better for you, or whatever things go better um, for your forces, or whatever the crap, you know. But outside of that, like most of the things that really mattered, like during the course of the game, are are still completely driven by your choices, all the stuff you did, everything. So it's just I don't, every you, what you've done is reflected. Like the ending itself, the very five minutes of cutscene, or not even that long of cutscene at the end, may not reflect every single choice that you've ever made in Mass Effect. But I like, I feel like it's irrelevant when the other forty hours did, you know, or of the game. So I don't know. Like it's, I don't see what the complaining is about. So let's move on before we talk about Mass Effect for another twenty minutes. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Nick, what you been playing? I played Journey. I finally. Uh knuckled up and put down the $15 to see what all the fuss there was about. Um, and it was, it, it I, I enjoyed it. I, I don't, I don't think, I don't know if it was worth the full $15, but I went in, I went in more, more almost like a, you know, like a scientist or an archeologist as opposed to someone, you know, looking to actually just enjoy a game. Um, so I, I had some, some preconceptions that I was looking to either prove or disprove. And, and it, it was a lot more of a game than I was expecting. So I guess that that's good for it. And there were some there were some genuine moments that actually surprised me. I was I, either you know I was suspe- in suspense or uh, or actually did enjoy some moments. So it it definitely it you know if if you if you don't know what you're getting into with that, it can definitely surprise you. I think. Okay. 
And besides that, no infamous, huh? I uh, well, I, I did some traveling this weekend, so I really didn't have much time to play. That's why I could yeah, only play a 90-minute yeah. game. That's all good. I'm just joking with you. Well, you guys are going to be doing all the traveling this weekend, so... Yeah, but I still have... I'll probably still have more games on my list than you next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, as for me, uh, I've been playing more CSGO. They dropped an update and improved a couple of things, but there's just some things that really, really need some work. I mean, like... The Desert Eagle is a joke in this game. It really is. Like, it took all the bad stuff from CSS, you know, with the Desert Eagle. Uh, and then it just added extra bad stuff. Like, it's... When I fire it, I'm, like, almost not even expecting to hit anybody. It's kind of like a last <laughs> a last resort, if I even get it. I'm better while sticking with some of the other guns. But they uh, they did improve the aiming of the AK a little bit, and we'll see where that goes. Um... Played some Team Fortress. Had some, had a great time ruining somebody's night because I just kept killing this guy over and over and over again. And that's kind of what I do it for. So that worked out for me. Uh, played some more Top Gun Hard Lock. And that review should be out soon. And played some more uh, Rayman Origins. And, you know, that game is awesome. That makes them excited to have it on my... Uh, PAX trip because you know when you're standing in line for those for those panels, the the, the PS you know your your portable can come in really really handy when you stand. Does, Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, does that have any kind of multiplayer that you might be able to play with other people in PAX, like connecting Unf with people that you're online with? Unfortunately, it does not. I do <laughs> have other multiplayer games that I can play with people with if I you know really wanted to, but I probably won't. I'm not that type of person. <laughs> it's just like, you know, kind of, you know. Well, you could ruin somebody's day at Rayman then. Eh, it's not the same thing as, you know, constantly, you know, as soon as somebody like, you know, comes out into the open, sh shooting them in the face and sending them back to spawn. I think Rayman is co-op. Like, there's no, like, competitive multiplayer in that. So <laughs> There's plenty of co-op. The co-op is slapping the shit out of each other because totally can do that in Rayman. Doesn't really do much, but it's fun. <laughs> You but now on the Vita, people though. in the pits and in enemies, and it's a good time. Uh, I guess not on the Vita, but yeah, yeah the Vita doesn't have the co-op, so but um, that's fine. One thing I am curious to see at PAX is that that I guess near me feature, or whatever it's called. I wonder how many people how many people are gonna have that on because it could get quite annoying. They're like, hey, this guy just bought Rayman, or this this guy just bought Wipeout, and they got this achievement. They got I, I don't care what they just did, <laughs> you know. So that will be interesting to see. I'm pretty sure there's a way to turn it off, like so that I don't get their notifications, and I'll probably be looking for that. But, uh, but uh, yeah, it wraps up what we've been playing. Let's just get into some topics. Uh, start a fresh new Mashcast with some fresh new Xbox rumors. Um, of course, conflicting previous Xbox rumors. Um, so let's start with uh, the fact that it will have a disk drive, which we pretty much already knew um we talked about it before but it will have well i'm sorry I, i'm not gonna say it will have a disk drive it is rumored to have a blu-ray drive because there are people who are reporting like this is fact but we talked about that before <laughs> but it will definitely have sorry god i almost did it again <laughs> i uh it, it will it's reported that it will have a blu-ray drive which makes perfect sense um the discs hold lots of space plus you know 
you know, Blu-ray is the format. That's the disc format that we're, you know, moving into. So there's that. Um, it's said that, you know, the, 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 there'll be two GPUs present in the new console. Uh, but according to the source, the two GPUs won't be crossfire, you know, won't be like crossfire SLI. Um, I'm going to get into why I don't think this is the case in a second, but I, I just wanted to bring up that the, the graphics set or the chipset is supposed to be uh, from the, a, uh, the AMD 7000 series, and I really can't see that being the case because, well, first of all, the 7000 series is out now. By the time the new console comes out, they'll be out of, well, they're already kind of out of date because the, um, the NVIDIA GTX 680 took the performance crown back two weeks ago. So I don't think Microsoft... I mean, Microsoft and Sony and all those guys, they know that they need to come out with something like a killer console here, you know, with killer graphics and, and raw power. So I don't think they will be using uh, the 7000 series, uh, which is part of its 7000 series, as we discussed last week, is part of the Southern Island, you know, GPU set. So it could be Southern Island, but I think it'll be more powerful than the 7000 series, personally. Um, but the whole thing about it not being Crossfire XLI, uh, they're saying that the way, you know, to, to make things really simple, to to put it simply, uh, they're saying that, you know, the way SLI works is that the two chips take turns um, drawing lines on the same object. That's a really, really overly simple way to put it. But it's you know it's kind of true. I mean, basically, what SLI is also to put it simply, it's load balancing. And you're like you know, the game sends instructions to the graphics card, or to your primary graphics card. The primary graphics card then uses both cards to balance out what it's doing. You know, to make it easier to to lighten the load on both cards, and therefore they output everything faster. Um, they're saying that it won't work like that. That these two chips are going to work independently of each other. And they'll be able to draw completely uh, separate items simultaneously, which sounds good. And in practice, uh, it actually would work out better and faster, and get, be able to allow you to render graphics faster. The only thing that I, the only reason why I don't necessarily think that this is how it's going to work uh, is because of the the development that it would it would take, you know, for something like the, you know. To, to support a system like that because unless the 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 two, the two chips like unless the, the xbox is set up so that the developer only has to send to like a primary chip and then from there it will determine you know well i'm gonna send this data here and i'm gonna send you know send this data there if the hardware is doing the balancing or determining which chip is gonna render what that's a different story but if they are truly independent the developer would have to send instructions to, you know, to different GPUs, which I, I think would in actually increase development time. And uh, could that also increase development cost? It could increase development cost, but and uh, well, we're all going to talk about that a little later. But I really don't see Microsoft thinking that this is okay. Like you know, so I really don't think Microsoft or AMD thinking that this is okay because they already know how high the development costs of these things are. I mean, I, I do, I think that, I, I think that, you know, that process of the two chips drawing separate items simultaneously can work. And, you know, I mean, 
SLI and Crossfire has been around for so long, there could have been a major improvement to the point where it is, well, they, they can support that. But I, my big thing is I'm saying that they, the chips are independent because if, they, if they're still load balancing, if they're still working together in that aspect, they're not independent. If you am I am I clear or am I just yeah. no that that, yeah. that makes sense but just just to jump ahead a little bit they mentioned that there will be four to six cores and so I'm just wondering if they wouldn't be able to take one of those cores to, I don't even know if they need the whole core but dedicate that to load balancing and that might address the the issue then well yeah the the, the four to six core uh, statement to, uh, that's addressing the actual CPU not the GPUs um. I guess they can do that, but that's so. I mean, uh, having a single core just for load balancing of a of a of a of a you know a separate piece of hardware, you know, especially when you know. Well, I guess they would they would get AMD to make the CPU as well. So I mean, they, they might do that, but that's kind of a, a waste of a core if you ask me, especially when you know the AMD stuff. Well, both AMD and NVIDIA, they've already they already have this load balancing system that they could have just improved, but it's still load balancing. You see what I'm saying? So they could have yeah. definitely did that. Um, now, now about that four to six core thing, I'm actually thinking it's going to be more. It's going to be four cores instead of six. Even though I don't know, they might pack six in there just to prepare for the future. So that's a possibility. Well, I, th- I would think the four or six makes sense if only because they mention uh, well, there's one core for the Connect and one f- core for the OS. So that would that would leave you with nice four cores for your games, presumably. So, or three three if you use one for load balancing. But that's true. Yeah. I, I you know I, I kind of I made I'm thinking about it now, but I kind of just made that statement based on the fact that you know quad core PCs right now, um, even running games like Battlefield Three. Like if you max out two cores, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot to max out two cores on your on your four core machine. But I can totally, if they're trying to prepare for the future, if they're trying to prepare for a longer run, I can totally see, um, I can totally see them putting six cores into it. That makes that makes a lot of sense. I think it makes a lot of sense. So uh, I think the the biggest. Uh, the biggest noise this made, though, was that the the Xbox would require an always-on internet connection, or a net, you know, an always-on net connection would be required, you know, to Xbox Live. And this is I, I, this is kind of the same thing. It goes in the same boat as uh as uh you know uh, blocking used games. It goes in the same boat because that would just that would isolate so many people they wouldn't be able to play it because i mean there are homes with internet connections that don't have the 360 hooked up to the internet you know it can make it completely useless and you know microsoft especially microsoft yeah they want it they want it to be they want everybody to have one of these they want everybody to be able to use it they want you to have more than one xbox in your home because they want it to be an entertainment device as well as a as a you know a video game machine, but it only really works as a video game device if you hook it up to the internet. And that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Oh, you mean like right now? Yeah, I mean like how do you get access to? Not even just like Xbox Live itself, but I mean like getting access to you know the Comcast or well, not even Comcast really, but you know like ESPN and all the all the networks, HBO Go, all that stuff that it has. It's like well, that requires an internet connection, like for it to be the entertainment center. 
really needs to be connected. So somebody who's sitting there with an Xbox that's not connected to the internet, I mean, you could be using it for games, but we've, we've already kind of discussed that like Microsoft's plan is definitely wider than just the people who are using it to play video games. And I, I don't think it's true either, but it's almost it's close enough to the truth or, or like believable enough to be true, given like their focus on Xbox Live, like how like the fact that it, it is only an entertainment device if it's connected to the Internet and also the incredible prevalence of uh, like of pirating on the Xbox was terrible like and the only ways to really get like they could ban us they could ban a system altogether if it was connected to the internet so people took to like not being connected to the internet to kind of get around it or having a system that they they had for online another one that they did all their their hack games on and i and there's also been that rumor that both like sony and, and microsoft are looking to even if it's not always on connection like in a way like they become the DRM, uh, like in some way, shape, or form, like have like a their own like primary standard for DRM so that the other companies don't have to like keep instituting all kinds of different weird measures for stuff. And it's just close just close enough to like like, hmm, they could do that, but it's just such a terrible idea. I can't imagine them doing it, but stranger things have happened. I don't know. I, d- I just don't see it like it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't gel with the plan though like, they they do want everyone to have it regardless even if like I mean if you if you're not if you don't have an Xbox online like you, what you're not getting anything out of it you really aren't but I I don't see them like actively trying to turn people away though with that and that's so, the thing know. I mean that would actively turn people away or people would get it and then return it because you know I don't have internet connection to use it. So, I mean, that's why I, mean, I highly, I find it highly unlikely that this rumor is true. Well, if if it has a Blu-ray player, then ostensibly it should play Blu-rays. So at least that functionality, entertainment, that wise, sort of entertainment system, yeah, offline. And you so, can do all the stuff that's not gaming. And so yeah. the uh, the Blu-ray that you pop in needs an update. So that's the thing about that. So even that requires an internet connection. I mean. It, I, mo- I think most people will connect it to the internet, but Microsoft isn't going to turn away somebody who can't t- connect it to the internet, not at this point. I just uh, imagine that that person has a Wii, though. Like, they don't... <laughs> like, I really, like, if you... Like, even, like, a PS3, like, a, a, as much as it's not even... Like, I just... I know that it's... There's people that don't have stuff connected to the internet, but, like, it's just become, like... Almost everyone does. Like, otherwise, why would you even have it after a certain point? But... Yeah, it belies the point. We can move on. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, in other console rumors, uh, more information, I shouldn't say more information, but rumors have come up that the Wii U is not even as powerful as the Xbox 360 or the PS3. Um, two developers, you know, they, uh, they made some comments. One said, no, it's not up to the same level as a PS3 or 360. Uh, he says the graphics just aren't as powerful. Uh, and another one says that, uh, yeah, it's true. It doesn't produce graphics as well as the PS3 or the 360. Uh, there aren't as many shaders. It's not as capable. And, you know, it's better equipped to do some things because it ha- it's, you know, a more modern design. But overall, the Wii U can't keep up in raw power. Um, that's the thing, like, I, you know, who know, like, he may be right or they may be right. He, she, whoever. 
but I, you know, I just find it, I find it hard. The thing I have, the reason I have a hard time, like just straight out believing this is because, uh, I don't see why Nintendo will go out of their way for a chipset that is probably not even in production anymore. I mean, to get a chipset that can't even run at the same power as the Xbox 360, that's really digging really low. I mean, you can get a chipset that came out back in, I don't know, 2006, 2007, that can outperform the 360. Oh, you can get a chipset, I mean, you could probably get a, you know, a card chipset that came out in 2005 that could, you know, outperform the 360. So, I mean, I, I understand that price. Nintendo is definitely concerned about price. I think Nintendo is very aware of the fact that they can't come in with a $400 console. You know, they could barely come in to this space with a $300 console. And maybe even lower than that. It may need to be 250 But at the same time, I mean, I, I would think it'd be cheap enough just to get a, a card set that can per, at least keep up with the Xbox 360. Or PS3. But I like say, you know, I, I'm not a developer. I don't have access to the kits. And that's another thing. Not, to my knowledge, not all of the developers have the same development kits. You know, because remember we, we were talking, uh, I think a couple months ago, where some developers were having trouble uh, getting the, the tablet to work wirelessly. And, you know, uh, developers had development kits that didn't have the final graphics chipset in it or didn't have the final CPU in it. So what if they were working on one of those? You know, so it has a whole bunch of what-ifs, and that's why it's Rumorville. <laughs> and that's why it makes good conversation. <laughs> you know, but oh, go ahead, Nick. Now, the tablet, that that has to have its own graphics processor, right? I mean, they're not going to be doing yeah. the graphics processing for the tablet on the Wii and then wirelessly shooting that over to the tablet. I believe they are. I think that this tablet just streams. So that's I want I I wonder if maybe part of the reason that they're that maybe that they're looking at such a low end chipset might be because that's restrictions of the tablet. It's, they're not thinking well we need to make sure that the TV image is top of the line. We they're just looking at as long as it looks good on the tablet and whatever looks on the TV it'll be in high def. We're not too concerned about that. Uh that guess that could be. I mean, that's a that's a possibility, but it's 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 not very forward thinking. But maybe that's. I mean, if if this is true, maybe that's the logic behind it. I don't know. Quite quite possibly, but I mean, like I, you know, once again, anything's possible. <laughs> but at the same time, they like that seems like really backwards. Like you know, when they first started talking about the Wii U, they said they were trying to bring the hardcore base back. You know, but they always say that, don't they? No, not with the Wii. They well, no, say- no. You know, they didn't say that the way they made no promises to the hardcore base. Uh, you know, honestly, I don't think they were really shooting for the casual base either. They just wanted up catching that that crowd of people. But um, you know, they they were actually just going for whatever audience they could get. I think you know, with the Wii, a, a brand new gaming experience is what they wanted when when it came to the Wii, and they got that. But this is like they clearly said, like you know, we want to the hardcore gamer. You know, that's what they clearly said. That that's what they want. And, you know, uh, I'm sorry, but high-end graphics is what, you know, that is something that hardcore gamers want. And not just a few. That's not a, that's not a niche market. Well, it, it's, it, I think it's especially frightening because of, of the three console manufacturers, the one that has to be the most threatened by Apple is Nintendo. And the fact that they're putting out 
a, basically a console with a with a with an almost a neutered iPad in a way. It, it seems it, it seems like they're not really like I don't I don't know what they're yeah it, it's hard for me to conjecture what they're thinking because it's not logical. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, who knows? The, the thing that I always try to remember when things in these cases when things don't make sense to me is that these companies have been, they've been around for a while. You know, Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft, and they're not run by idiots. I mean, yes, they have made missteps, definitely made missteps, but they're not run by you know complete idiots. And that's it would be a, I think it would be a total idiot move, you know, to be like, oh well, you know, graphics on TV not that you know not that important when we're going for the hardcore market. As opposed, I mean, they they understand that you know they just can't go out and. They they had you know that with the Wii U they grabbed that casual market and I think they understand that that you know lightning isn't going to strike twice in that area especially with the the declining sales of the Wii. You have to think that's what they're looking for though because I can't I, I don't know I'm I'm just looking at the, the the tablet controller and I can't think I mean who wants that sitting on their coffee table it, it's I mean at least as as far as the the hardcore gamers go you know they they it, it it's it's a little too. Uh, Nintendo, I guess. I don't know if that it, it's. I don't know. It's it just. I don't. Know, we have to. I have to see how they they wind up using it because it, it doesn't. Uh, it's not. It's, it, the more I look at the Wii U, the less the less confidence I have that, that <laughs> this is going to be a good console, or at least maybe not a good console, but a good business decision. Yeah, I mean, it could go either way. I'm trying. You know, in terms of the tablet, you know, with the casual market. I mean, we don't even know what what it's going to do in terms of the apps or the other applications that we or the you know the end network is going to bring it. You know, what if you know somebody had it in their living room, and you know you could put the Wii on standby, but you know you touch a tablet in the morning and it brings you the weather and all your news and all that good stuff. You know, what if it does that for you? And but my iPad does that with Retina resolution. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, I'm not. It could happen. <laughs> I'm not saying it's necessarily better, but you know, we don't know what it's going to do. That's the thing. So much speculation. <laughs> so much speculation. It's just kind of, you can only guess, and my best guess is going to get, you know, goes against your best guess, you know. But, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say that the Wii U is going to be more powerful than the Xbox 360 or the PS3. But at the same time, I, 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 I can't believe that it's not going to be on par with seven-year-old technology. I'm like, come on, man. You know? Who knows? Maybe they're doing something wrong. Could be. You never know. That's the thing, so. I'm shaking my head. Yeah, yeah, you know, you can't really relay that except when you say it over, <laughs> <laughs> over the voice. All right, but, um. Head shake disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> You Thank go. you, Elcor. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's actually now run us right into our next topic, which is uh, uh, well, kind of you know, next gen consoles increasing uh, development costs. And this article was on GamesIndustry.biz, and um, there's a developer who has access to dual well, to Durango, which is you know the code name for at least to our knowledge, it's the code name to the next Microsoft console. And uh, he is saying that, you know, he's seeing that his, uh, his costs are rising sharply, uh, primarily due to higher, higher polygon counts and better textures. He says that he had to double his budgets uh, for, you know, models because, one, it takes longer, uh, and, you know, and it also may, uh, 
you know, it may take more developers to actually, or more artists, sorry, to develop um, these models. And he says, he, you know, he says, if we want to take full advantage of the capabilities, it's a lot more time for each model. Um, now, we, we all knew, I mean, we talked about it before, that, uh, and I think anybody would expect that a new console will bring more development costs, but I think there's some especially in the, the gamesindustry.biz uh, comments section, there was a lot of uh, you know disbelief as to whether or not his statement was really true, if he's doing something wrong, uh, you know, to, to double the cost based on, you know, higher or higher polygon count, uh, you know, and, and making, I guess, the models look better and, and whatever resolution uh, the console is going to play in. I mean, I know we... Uh, what was that? For? It was like forty ninety six for the P yeah. for the Orbis or the P. I'm calling it the PS4. I'm not giving up hope. <laughs> but, um, uh, for the uh, it was like forty ninety six for the for the Orbis. Uh, so who knows what Microsoft is going to try to push in terms of resolution? Uh, but a lot of uh, you know games industry.biz is typically it's not just you know people commenting like you know regular people. It's usually developers and people in the industry and artists and people who do this on a regular basis. And they're kind of like, uh, you might be doing something wrong here. Um, or you're probably doing something wrong if it doubles your cost. Um, so, you know, he just may be, like, he, they say he may be doing something wrong, but then again, people like him or, you know, people like him and his company who have access to Durango, cause not everybody has access to the, the Durango development kit right now. It's actually pretty limited. You know, they're, blazing a tra uh, you know a path right now they're blazing a path that nobody else has taken and there's a lot of tools that you know the developers can use for the xbox 360 and the ps3 and the wii and the wii that maybe not to be accessible for durango so you know they, that may be a cause and he also he see he doesn't really mention what capabilities he's talking about here he just says to take full advantage of the capabilities you know, it takes a lot more time for each model. So, I mean, when I think of capabilities, the only thing I really think of off the top of my head uh, in terms of uh, model creation is polygon count and how clean the textures are on the, you know, on the models and, you know, how everything looks. Uh, but who, like, once again, this is the speculation cast this week. <laughs> because that's all I can really give you, like for these first three topics. Because I mean, you don't know what other capability, well, what the Durango is actually capable of. That it's that it's doubling his cost. You know, I I can't just throw his statement out. I I just I find it so hard to believe, like especially when you've got like guys from like Crytek and artists from them and stuff like that, like people who do very high-end stuff and sitting in the comments saying like unless you're using like you you your source stuff is just really tiny and terrible and like you put it in the absolute minimum like at the time that you made something and that's like that was like your standardized practice like that you wouldn't be able to just take assets you already had and upgrade them like if guys that are with companies that are constantly pushing like graphical you know things like i'm not saying they know everything about like the cost of production and stuff like that but if 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 everybody that's sitting in the comments like almost unanimously on the internet 
is in the industry is saying you're probably doing something wrong. My gut reaction is to think this makes for a nice soundbite to say, man, I've got to double my budget, man. It's going to be so expensive next generation. But I mean, like, what are we talking about? Are we talking about like, oh, you, you're making the next perfect dark or something. And like, that's how far back we're reaching for the stuff that you're need to upgrade or something. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, I find it like, we already know that the consoles that are going to come out aren't going to surpass what's out on PC right now. If people can develop stuff for PC that's already high end and amazing looking, how are consoles like? Like they're not going to be going by that. Like there's there's tools, there's things that they can use. Like I just production costs. Yeah, they invariably will probably go up. I just a doubling. Like I, it's a nice soundbite, but I don't think it's realistic. Like you, and and it seems like the industry kind of agrees. But we don't well, even know what his their original budget was. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I mean, like, if you've got, I mean, what when uh, Tim Schafer said, like, okay, like when I made Psychonauts, like that, my budget for that game was fifteen million or something. Like, if you're gonna call that, and that's not a, not a AAA title, that's a while ago, and say. You know, like it really depends on what 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 you're talking about. Like, even like the next Call of Duty, like how much is your budget going to get for that? Like, I mean, it's going to make you a lot of money, but are they going to double the budget? Why? Like, you're just it just seems like you're just doing something really ineffective or wrong. Like, are we talking about you know like Silicon Knights <laughs> and 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 like their travesties of games or something? Like, are these the people who need? The doubled budgets? I don't know. It just seems it just seems excessive. Well, but I I know as far as uh, at least for for the, the the more indie developers developing for the the iPad when you know just the fact that the you know with the iPad three having the resolution that that is, I know that a lot of the times if they didn't if they didn't make the resources right the first time, um, you know if they didn't make them a high enough resolution and then scale it down for 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 the, the the iPad two, they have to go back and do everything from scratch and and so that may exactly be the case here because it it, it is just one quote from one developer working on that that working on a sequel to an xbox 360 and ps3 game and so if it's so we we may indeed just be blowing one one minor case of i I guess poor planning i mean maybe they didn't think that we're gonna have to make a next gen sequel for that game so they didn't think oh we need we need to develop i mean who i don't know did anybody expect that the the 4096 resolution so maybe that you know maybe that's just what caught them off guard yeah, it's very true. I mean, if you make high definition, well, I'm not gonna say high definition textures, but if you make high, you know, high res textures, and then the resolution is just that much larger than you expected, like because going from you know 10, eight, you know, going from like you know 1920 to 4096, once again, don't know if the resolution is 4096, but still going from that going that jump, that's a pretty big jump to make. Uh, it's 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 4096 by 2160, alleged, I guess allegedly, allegedly. Yes, yes, it. It's a pretty big jump to make, uh, regardless. But um, you know, you you really how do you put how do you prepare for something that you just don't know is coming? How so do you prepare I, for something you can't even see? I yeah, mean, we don't have TVs that do that yet. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like we don't know. Like, and even with the people in the comment section, how many of them are have access to a Durango? I know the guys at Crytek do. 
I mean, well, that's why I picked my examples carefully. Like I, like that's why I said like I'm not gonna just say like oh random guy from you know indie indie game uh, indie game company that makes iPhone games is commenting and saying you're doing something wrong. Like I'm not gonna take that guy's word as like with that much that much weight. But like you have a developer like Crytek that constantly like that you know the Crytek engine what three four was it that, three. Yeah, three, like, it, constantly pushing boundaries, you know, like, you you already have Unreal having, like, a new engine, like, there's stuff that's coming and that's out, like, that there's going to be tools, like, there may not be as many as you have now, but I, I see complaints about, you know, it being harder to do things now because you have to go through such archaic software, whereas there's better stuff available, but you can't use it because of the game, like, the systems and stuff are so old, so... I mean, like it, it. It may be just blowing one person's thing out of out of, you know, out of proportion. But it just makes me wonder, like, wh- what are you working on? Like, what did you do? <laughs> that, like, I, I can only I can only imagine that publishers and and like you know the, the you know the big three or big two in this case, uh, since they seem to be the ones that are going towards the uh, the higher end. I I just feel like it, even if like they they expect production costs to go up to a certain extent but if you know 10 developers come up to you and one of them is saying like handing you know got the meal ticket like i need i need double the budget and everybody else is saying i need like 20 percent more i you're not probably going to get that sequel (laughs) you know after a while like they're not going to like people will find ways to you know adjust you know like i don't i just don't see like a, a bubble of like oh everything's doubled for the production costs it would play hell with it being a consumer. I, I it just doesn't seem feasible. Um, like I said the we have no idea what capabilities he's talking about, and guys like Crytek, like the 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 you know they obviously work with the CryEngine, and the CryEngine was developed to, was developed for next gen before next gen even had a definition. So they it, the CryEngine is extremely flexible. Same thing with Unreal Engine. Uh, uh, Unreal Engine, well, we're going we're gonna to be on number four now. That's extremely flexible because both of those were in development beforehand, even though I would say that Epic probably worked really close with Microsoft to get that, you know, in, in terms of, uh, you know, what they wanted to do there. Um, so who knows, Crytek may have better tools to work with than this guy. We don't know what he's working on. We don't have enough information. But to yeah. him, he's saying, hey, this is this this is blowing the budget. What do you say? What are we gonna say next? I, I feel like the one thing that we can kind of project from this is there is going to be a sequel on the uh, the next Xbox and the next PS4 that uh, is gonna be very expensive and it's gonna look crappy and possibly suck. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I, I wish I can get this guy's name. Find out this game. Like, yeah, exactly. I go a game like this is the game where the guy had the double budget. <laughs> Let's see what happens. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, Moving out of Speculationville into some actual news, finally. Um, EA, it appears that EA has won the Consumerist Award for uh, Worst Company in 2012. It's the uh, the 2012 Golden Pooh, they call it. And um, I just feel silly as an adult saying that. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's what they they call it. Uh, It came down to EA and Bank of America. And EA actually beat out Bank of America, uh, which could say, you know, two things. I mean, um, 
I can say that EA is that's really bad. It's a beat out a company that uh you know had practices that destroyed people's lives. <laughs> you know with their uh with their more with their uh, you know how they were handling the foreclosing closing of uh, mortgages, or it could be that once gamers got a whiff, a lot of gamers got a whiff because when this was on a, on a voting basis, when uh, gamers got a whiff that EA made it this far. They just, uh, you know, kind of attacked it and, went, you know, and <laughs> took EA all the way, <laughs> you know. Actually, I'm looking at that graph now. It's kind of funny because they did it in the Final Four, you know, bracket format. So I, I think some of the matchups there are interesting. I like Apple versus Google in round one. Uh, Verizon versus AT and T. They, uh, they, they really put a lot of thought into that. Yeah, they, they did. Even though, well, I don't know. There is also Facebook versus Sprint. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know. I see. Yeah, Facebook probably should have faced off against the winner of Apple versus Google. But who do you put Facebook up against in the first round? They were on the same uh, region. Huh. You could say. I guess so. And they, yeah, they did have some uh, some pretty good matchups. Even but, though I am surprised they had comp- U.S. Postal Service in there. Yeah, and they beat, beat UPS, and they beat UPS's wow. worst company. Well, the yeah, Postal Service is kind of terrible, <laughs> but um. You know, back to to EA. Um, yeah, so, you know, people, some people are really, like, kind of scoffing at the fact that EA uh, beat out BOA because, you know, what well, exactly, you know, what I mentioned that, you know, the practices of Bank of America, you know, really took a toll on people's lives, whereas EA is a, you know, anything they make is non-essential. But, you know, there's the EA did several things last year or, you know, they had the, you know, the whole EULA thing. Uh, more, more so than that, more noticeable is you know the online passes, the the DLC, you know, clearly coming out with DLC. You, no matter how you explain, you know, day one DLC, or talk, just talking about what you're gonna have in DLC before the game is released, I think is a terrible idea, because that tells gamers, oh, you have that, oh, you have a video of this thing right now. Like for let's take Battlefield Three. Um, was it Back to Carcan was the first expansion or first uh, DLC I think, and it was kind of like you know they had screenshots, they had videos before the game came out, you know, like so you have like videos and screenshots of this right now, but you're gonna sell it to me in DLC, you know that just looks bad no matter. You know, but if to... you bought the game, you got it without paying for it. I mean, yes, it's still kind of the same thing, but like it's not. I, it all of this like I mean and the fact that EA won this vote with like 64% against Bank of America I I don't understand like this is the definition of first world problems like this is it, it, not only is it just non-essential like EA may have done some shitty stuff but I, I think it just boils down to the same like you you <laughs> you don't have to buy the game <laughs> like you don't you, you don't have to buy the game like there may be shitty practices that come in like you can complain about DLC and stuff like but you don't you don't have to buy it you're not getting foreclosed on like you're not you know having your power shut off like there's it, there's just levels like i don't like even if they kind of like broke this bracket up and it's like worse you know digital media cut something like it's just 
the levels don't even compare. Like this just reeks of, you know, some group of people on 4chan or, you know, retake Mass Effect or whoever, like getting together and being like, yo, dude, let's dogpile EA on this so they can be the worst company. Like, it's just, yeah, I don't like take a breath, walk outside for a second. Like, I, I just don't. I can't really comprehend that like that it's I mean it's an internet pulse or whatever but like seriously like fucking disconnect for a minute and look around before <laughs> this happens <laughs> that's I think part of it too is that if your house is foreclosed do you really care about an online poll and right. I think the, the, the people by and large the people affected by EA are more likely to vote in something like this the people really affected by Bank of America probably have bigger concerns probably <laughs> Uh, but uh, EA, they did have a uh, something to say about that. Um, he said that, well, uh, yes, yeah, actually, uh, John Resenberg of EA Corporate Communications, he says, we're sure that bank presidents, oil, tobacco, and weapons companies are all relieved that they weren't on the list this year. We're going to continue making award-winning games and services played by more than 300 million people worldwide. So that's EA's EA's take on the matter. Does this really affect them? No, because what's going to happen? Even if it, even if they, even if this was plastered all over the place, people are still going to buy the games. People complained about Mass Effect DLC, bought Mass Effect Three. Case in point, people complained about Battlefield and EA and Origin and all that stuff. A lot of them still bought the game. So, so doesn't doesn't EA basically just take the golden poo and pass it right back on to you? <laughs> apparently so yeah they're gonna continue to do things uh in the fashion that they have been accustomed to or become accustomed to and you know said it before say it again the only way to stop them from you know doing things you don't like to you you know is to actually stop buying their product which isn't happening so uh yeah ea worst company of 20 oh well worst uh america's worst, worst corporation 2012 um but uh, moving on from that, I'm gonna switch from EA over to Capcom and their, uh, you know, their on-disc downloadable content. Which, oh, that now that I think about that name and you know, and you know, specifically, is it really DLC if it's already on disc? No, because you're not downloading anything. I don't know, except maybe you're downloading code. a you know, 200 kilobyte unlock. It's still DLC because of the way the model's set up. I mean, like, you know, split semantic hairs all you want, but that it's DLC to them, which is yeah. all that really matters. Yeah, but, uh, so, apparently Capcom, they find no distinction, uh, you know, between, you know, putting DLC on disc and, uh, you know, making DLC actually downloadable, as the name suggests. Uh, they said uh, their response to complaints was, you know, at Cap Capcom, we value our customers and make every effort to resolve customer complaints. We're very sorry to hear that censored, I guess is the person's name, was so disappointed with the Street Fighter X Tekken game, and we and would like to respond to his complaints, as they said, you know. And then they go on, they, they say, oh, I'll just read the rest of the quote. Uh you know, SFXT has an enormous amount of content fully developed and available for play and enjoyment immediately on disc. Given the 38 characters available for full, uh, given the 38 characters available for full play, as well as multiple play modes, Street Fighter X Tech, and it's easier for me to say that than saying SFXT. 
<laughs> say Street Fighter X Tekken provides great value for all players from day one. While Capcom is sorry that some of its fans are not happy about the chosen method of delivery for DLC, we believe that this method will provide more flexible and efficient gameplay throughout the game's life cycle. Uh, there is effectively no distinction between DLC being locked behind the disc and available for unlocking at a later date, or being available through a full download at a later date other than a delivery mechanism, and that's pretty much what they had to say about it. Um, there is a distinction, even if there's not a distinction to Capcom, uh, there's a huge distinction to to fans, or, you know, it's perception is the distinction. Like, uh, if you have the content locked on a disc and just waiting for DLC to unlock it, um, you know, that to a, to, uh, to a fan, you already have the content and you're just trying to nickel and dime them at this point. That's what the perception is. And I would think consumer perception would matter somewhat. To, it matters, you know, but, I mean, we don't buy it. The only way that they're ever going to stop doing what they're doing is if you don't, if, if they don't create any re revenue from it. But people cry, complain, whine, say, oh, it's locked on disc. And it's, you know, it's bad. I'm not, I'm not supporting it. I don't say it's good. But then go out like as if they will like have no willpower of their own and, and go and buy the DLC anyway. And it's like, well, shut the fuck up then. Like you don't buy it. Like when when you stop handing the money hand over fist, you know to to rape you. Well, I don't didn't mean to use that word, but you know that's what people act like. And like, don't be surprised when they keep doing it. You know, like you can. It's one thing to like you know voice frustrations. You know, send you know letters. You know, let them know how you feel. But if they keep doing the same stuff, the only way that you can respond then is with your wallet. Don't buy it. Yeah, you totally lose your right to complain once you buy the game. Like, especially, like, in in cases like this, um, Mass Effect, you know, like, when, when Mass Effect, when, you know, people knew that they were going to have that, you know, uh, what's the name of the first DLC? The, uh... From Ashes. Yeah, From Ashes DLC. That was well known that that was going to be the first DLC, uh, you know, it was going to be day one. People who bought Street Fighter X Tekken knew that they were going to have, not only were they going to have day one, you know, the DLC, but they were going to have the disc, uh, the disc lock DLC. You know, they knew all that fact. And if you don't like that, then don't buy the game. And even if you don't, and even if you don't like the DLC, then don't buy the DLC. You buy the game then. Like if you just want like, Oh, okay. It's the game. Like I, I want the game. Then like buy the game and don't buy the DLC. Get, uh, organize a bunch of your friends and nobody buy the DLC at all. If Capcom sees it like, well, the game sells, and none of the DLC does, they'll change something. Like, you don't even have to just not buy the game outright. I mean, like, that's an even bigger statement. But, like, even if you your mind just can't fathom living without the, you know, Street Fighter X Tekken or whatever, like, then buy the game and don't buy the DLC. You know, like, they, they wouldn't keep doing what they're doing if they weren't successful at it. So well, you, fig you figure, too, that they've budgeted with the expectations that this is going to sell and how much it's going to sell. So not, not only are you, you making a statement like you're not going to get any extra revenue, you're, you're, you're actually going to make the game underperform. So that's, I mean, it's really, it's really sort of a double, almost like a double statement by not, by not doing that. This, this DLC, this isn't out yet, correct? This is, this is yet to be released. It has yet to be released. However, hackers, of course, they've unlocked it. And not only have they unlocked it, they're playing with the characters online. 
Right. And I think that's a bigger issue to, you know, a certain extent. Like, if you're going to put the stuff on the disc, like, at least be smart enough to, like, really block it away completely so that people can't take advantage of it. Because then, then customers that do pay, like, they have a legitimate complaint then. They, like, I paid for this. It's kind of like, it's kind of like DRM. Like, I paid for this. I'm, I'm trying to be loyal. I, I don't really care, like, if it's locked on disc or whatever. I want the characters. I'll pay for it. And then, you know, they, you know, they, they don't, they, then you get online and it's like, oh, you have people who are already playing with it. And they're like, how are you already have all these characters? Like this character's not even out, you know? And like Capcom's like, like those people have a legitimate complaint, but it's one thing altogether to just be like, oh, I hate on this DLC and then go buy it. Like, but at least like Capcom needs to be smart enough to keep, you know, hackers from taking advantage in that case. Yeah, I mean, it's a case of, once again, the people who are playing by the rules are kind of, you know, they're getting shafted, and that's just not a good feeling. You know, and that 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 is just bad, you know, cust- not, I wouldn't say customer service, but, you know, really relations with your customer that, you know, your method is now they're at a disadvantage. I don't sure they're at a disadvantage, but somebody else has what they want, and they cheated for it, you know? But uh, who, like we said, Capcom's not going to respond until you start talking with your money, like a big boy, <laughs> and that's when they'll start. That's when they'll start listening to you. Uh, but we're going to let's move into our final topic here: um, gender-based discounts. Uh, there is a a game coming out. It's a it's called Prime World, and it is a PC strategy game that is uh, the League of Legends style. And it's going to be playable on uh, Facebook, iOS, and Android devices. Not really going to comment on that. Got my own thoughts it's about that. It's the League that. of Legends of social games. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave that alone. We're not going to talk about the game itself. <laughs> but Well, we're going to talk about the game. But we're gonna, specifically what we're going to talk about is the fact that based on your g- gender, I almost said gender because I was trying to be fancy. And then I realized I was being stupid. But uh, based on your gender, it uh, you will get discounts on specific items. Not only that, uh, mixed groups, meaning mixed uh, gender groups, will actually have um, abilities and bonuses available to them that the that players who are not in mixed groups won't. Now you're probably like, well, how do they know what gender you are? Like I mentioned. Uh, it's going to be, it basically, it checks your gender status via Facebook. Of course, it's not foolproof because you could just switch your gender on Facebook if you wanted to. But re- who wants to, like, you get into a game, get into a group, and then they're like, oh, we can't do XYZ or we can't use X ability because you're not a girl, you know? And so who's going to really hop out, switch, and then try to come back and, and you know, kind of, you know, use that to their advantage? But, uh, you know, Basically, it's going to check, use Facebook to check your gender, um, and it will, you know, ba- you will have certain abilities available to you if you are, let's say, a female, and those abilities only work with a male counterpart. That's how, they're basically, they're saying they're trying to, uh, I guess, promote women playing, women playing, you know, games more, is what they're trying to do here. Uh this is kind of stupid to me. Like, this is a stupid way for me like, to do it, if you ask me. 
because uh, you know games like this these these types these league of legends style games they aren't for everybody you know what i'm saying and if a female's gonna play them they're gonna play them regardless i don't think you're gonna draw girls in the games because you know unless they're pressured by their boyfriends like i need you to get on your character i think <laughs> that's that's kind of the point though is they're 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 it's, they're trying to increase the audience they're trying to reach people who otherwise wouldn't be inclined to play that and i think more than that i think they're trying to reach people who wouldn't be inclined to play i guess sort of like a stereotypical class i think they, they specifically said that there are certain I think they said it's what five it's five classes that are male characters and five female characters out of i think 50 overall that will be discounted and that I, I think it, it's that they're trying to get the women to, to try different different play styles. Uh, I didn't really see where they specified what those play styles were, but I get the sense it's something along the lines of like if, if women traditionally play healers, and I, I'm not saying that factually, factually, but uh, sort of conjecturally. But if if that's sort of what women typically play, I think they're they're sort of encouraging them. Why don't you try a tank, or why don't you try a, a you know like. DPS of some sort to sort of maybe change the style up. At least that that's the intent that I got. I don't know if that's at all how it's going to actually play out in practice. I do believe that's what they're trying to do. I totally agree with you. I still think it's a dumb way to do it. You know what I'm saying? Because like, first of all, like uh, games like this, I don't think well, I mean, it's on Facebook, so it may prove me wrong. Like, it may be a huge casual crowd may get into it. But typically, games like this, casual, you know, they're not for casual, especially because they're competitive. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, a lot of people will play a game if it's, you know, if it's co-op to a degree, I'll trade you a black sheep for some wheat, something like that, or you work together with people. But simply by making it competitive and making, like, you need to go after this person and kill them, you know, work as a team and kill the other team, you know, that puts it into a, a totally different dome all by itself. But if you if you've got a mixed group of say like a guy and his girlfriend for example going up against you know two hardcore gamers both male, isn't that sort of what this benefit is supposed to confer that now the group that would normally be you know handicapped by their their membership well now they actually have an advantage maybe it's supposed to put them on par. That is so difficult to do, and that's why nobody does that. <laughs> like that's the thing. Like the story, no, nobody does it. Like okay, sure, she may have an ability that she can use to power him up. But if the two hardcore gamers that are both males, if they play a lot and they have a strategy and then be like, oh, she's doing X move, deploy this, you know, then that's that's a totally different story. Because the now what they have to worry about is balance. Like, are you telling me that that move is going to be so powerful that there is no counter to it by anybody? I, that's, I, don't, I don't see that happening. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that they're they're gonna be successful at what they're doing. <laughs> Again, it's like the Wii. I don't I don't necessarily get what they're doing, but this is the best I can do in explaining the logic. Right, I got you. Like, you know, like I understand that what they want to do is try to bring more females in. At least that's what they're trying to you know say that's what they want to do. And I mean that's fine, but there's other ways to do that. But then on top of that, the whole discount thing, my thing about that is not every female wants to play a female character. Not every male wants to play a male character, especially in a game like a League of Legends style game where every single character has their benefits you know, the pros well, and that, their cons. No, but that, that's especially where you want to hit, is they're trying to get people to come out of their comfort zone. It's not that you, well, I don't want to play a female character, I don't want to play a male character, but it's, it's they're, they're trying to get you to do something kind of that you don't want to do. You don't, they don't want you to play Why is a game trying to get me to do something that I don't want to do? They're not my parent trying to feed me <laughs> vegetables. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a it's a video game. Why are you? If I want to try something new, I will try something new. Like for example, when I used to when I when I started playing StarCraft, I only played Zerg. You know what I'm saying? I only played Zerg, and then eventually I moved into playing Protoss. I dabbled on Terran, didn't like it. <laughs> now I came on back. You know, but that's what I'm saying. You sound like you experimented with Terran for a little bit. But no, <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, I wasn't feeling it. I'm not. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. In your college days. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like you know, uh, they like you know, they, like I said, not not everybody, not every male wants to play a male character, not every female wants to play a female character, and it's kind of unfair that if I'm a male and I want a female because uh, a female character because of her buffs or what she can do, that I have to. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not getting a, you know the same price as a female getting that same character you know and what if like you know now you're trying like you're trying to force people to form certain types of groups like that only works if you penalize somebody for not being in a mixed group because the thing is if you don't penalize somebody for not being in a mixed group you know the the like, what i'm trying to say is the ability of the person who isn't a mixed group really isn't going to make that big of a difference, you know, after, I don't know, a couple weeks of play when strategies come out. Like, oh, okay, well, if there's a mixed group, they they deploy this, you do this, bam, they're dead anyway. It doesn't make a difference. You see what I'm saying? Like, am I making yeah. sense? Yeah. No, I, I just wonder, though, you, you said this would be available on Facebook, and I know it's a, a MOBA or a Dota-style game, whatever we're calling that, but I, I, get, I get the feeling this can't be that complex I, I i don't i don't feel like this is targeted at the hardcore player and well but that's kind of the thing like i understand that facebook that people try to you know they they go to facebook to try to get that reach but casual game casual gamer is casual <laughs> you know what i'm saying and competitive gaming you know uh you know mo- competitive multiplayer and and even like a team based multiplayer that's not casual well, that, that's what I wonder if maybe there's some aspect to the gameplay that we're missing. Maybe it's not competitive. You just go well, out. And- what Rob did mention, though, and we do need to bring it back around to that, that there will be social activities and mini games also available as part of this game. And I don't really understand. I don't know what part that really plays. And I think that's more for maybe for more for the casual people. Possibly that's where their end is. Well, you know, but if like, if the core game is a League of Legends style game, then you know I can I would say that the core of the game is not for the casual. Mm, definition of what is casual can change over time, though. I mean, it, it it just does. You know, there's certain you know game types and play types that were would have been considered you know not for a casual market at all, you know, five years ago. And now it's like, well, you know, somebody doing beat matching that's like almost beat mania style rock band or something is like so mainstream that it's it's passed out of mainstream already and gone on to something else, you know. It's, it, the definition could change. I think they're being too overt about it. Like, if it is really trying to like push that League of Legends style gameplay, they're, they're probably going to run into some disappointment. But yeah, they, they, there can be a shift. I just don't know if this is it. This is definitely not it. I mean, like, <laughs> the, like a, a game like this, like a League of Legends style game, definitely is not a shift. That like to bring competitive multiplayer to 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 the casual masses. Call of Duty is closer to that 
than than like these Dota style games, mainly because of how much teamwork it requires. That's I think that's the biggest problem. Like Call of Duty, you can cop in and just start shooting motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? Like that's all you have to do. I'm sorry, Mrs. Ellen Kevich. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you I didn't have. think you'd hear me sigh there. <laughs> that's all you have to do, you know, and, and with Call of Duty. But with a game like this, you actually need to communicate with your team. You need to work with your team because if you don't, you're going to lose and you're going you're gonna to constantly die and you're going to have a bad time. Isn't social media all about communication? That is exactly true. But that, once again, uh, we're back to the speculation cast. <laughs> back to the speculation cast. Don't know enough about the game to say whether or not this is, you know, how it's actually going to play out. And I'm, you know, I could probably send them an email and they'll probably respond back to me. More so than sending Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony an email like, hey, can you tell me about your unreleased, you know, next-gen consoles? <laughs> so You should see if they're going to be at PAX. I don't know. That's not a bad idea. You are a, a genius, Nick. Raise the Thank genius... You. Thank Mrs. you, Ellen Cabbage. Mrs. Thank Ellen you. Cabbage. Yeah, there you go. Actually, my mom will thank you too. Now, the, one, <laughs> the, the one other thing I want to point out, though, is if they didn't come up with this initiative, and, and for all we know at this point, this may not even make it into the game. Um, but if they didn't come up with this initiative, there's no way we're talking about Prime World right now. And so, just the fact that they got this out there is is, is free advertising for them. It's very on their part in that regard. Very true, because you know I'm gonna keep an eye on it for eye out for it. You know, I'm I'm kind of curious to see how it's going to play out, and you know. Well, well, we'll see. But um, yeah, that is uh, Rob. We got anything else? Because we're gonna wrap it on up here. Nope. Good to go. All right. Yep. All right. So uh, yeah, it's gonna bring us to the end of uh, that news segment. Coming out next week, you know, post packs, we have uh, Fez finally coming out. Uh, Phil Fish, he made some waves a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, with his statement about the Japanese uh games industry uh legend of grimlock don't know too much about it but i've been hearing like you know i've been seeing like you know you know tweets about it stuff like that um it's going from different reviewers saying how much they liked it but i don't know too much about it so i'm gonna have to check it out uh i know everybody's we're, we're you know waiting for world of sour like i've never heard of this but it looks like a sour patch kids game uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Tribes Ascend is definitely looks like it's officially being released next week, even though it's free to play. Uh, which I was very tempted to uh to check it out, but as <laughs> soon I went to the website and I saw that it was not available on Steam yet as a free to play. I'm just like, ah, I'm just gonna wait <laughs> until it's on Steam. So. But I don't know. I'm actually going to be speaking with them on Sunday, so I think I'm going to check it out before then, if possible. I don't even know how I'm going to do that. I have some downtime in the hotel before everybody gets there tomorrow. We'll see. Um, but Skullgirls. Skullgirls was, uh, I think, Jason Worsett's show of uh, a game of the show last year, I believe. Uh, yeah, he, it was. Yeah, he enjoyed it a lot, and it looks good. And you know what? I'm not a big fighting well, you know, I play fighting games, but I am not, uh, you know, a, a fighting guru. And, like, when I was talking to the creator of the game, and he's showing me things like, hey, you can do this, and you can, uh, you know, with this game blocks infinite loops, no matter what type of move it is, and all the different things he was showing me. It looks, I think the fighting community is really going to eat this thing up, especially because he is a, he, he is a 
you know, a member of the fighting community. And so that's why he, you know, he has such insight into what the game should be. Uh, but, um, yeah, that's going to wrap us up here. You can uh, find us on SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com slash smash those buttons. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, uh, Stitcher Smart Radio. If you own your Android, iPad, or iPhone, or iOS device, uh, you can check us out on Twitter, which is twitter.com slash MTB site. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash mash those buttons. Uh, and, uh, yeah, this is it out a day early, uh, obviously. And um, we're going to have a special edition available for you on Monday. Oh, sorry, not not Monday, but Tuesday, which with our PAX experiences, that's going to be me, uh, Rob, uh, this Rob, uh, not Rob Algretti from like last year, but Rob Hill, and actually Jessica Wim- oh, uh, Weimer is going to be on the podcast this coming Tuesday. So you get to hear from her because she's, you know, if you've been on the Mash Those Buttons, you know that... Uh, you know, she's been around for a while <laughs> with the site. Uh, but then the MASH cast will be back to normal next Friday, um, which I'm kind of curious to see how it's going to go because I'm pretty sure a lot of the outlets are going to be delivering post-PAX news. And we have a special edition that does that for us already. So I'm cur- kind of curious. You'll, you'll, just, you'll just have to get my entire take of, of watching packs on the sidelines. Yeah, so. <laughs> that, that'll do. Well, that looked really cool, but I really don't know about it. And that's really awesome, but I don't really know about it. So. Yeah. Next Masterpiece Theater. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll just sit and you can sit by a fire with a stogie and just tell us stories about what you thought about packs. I think, I, I think I'll have to. From a distance, you know. Uh, but yeah, that is going to bring us to a close. Thank you for listening, as always. Oh, also... A shout out to Sai Yuso Fly. I did not forget about it. I thought I was, and I actually forgot to write it down like I, <laughs> I was going to. But there you go. Shout out to you. Uh, thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, well, we will catch you guys next week. After PAX. Bye. Enjoy, pa- enjoy PAX, everybody. I love you, Mom. <laughs> Bye, Mrs. Ellen Cabbage. <laughs> Bye, ma'am. <laughs> Later, guys. Bye.